inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. And we're two siblings who happen to be blind. Outlook. On Radio Western. Welcome back to Outlook. Where have we been? You're listening to Outlook this morning on Radio Western, 94.9 CHRW, or as a podcast, after the fact, as I always say. And welcome to a home edition mix bag episode. My well, name's Carrie, and I'm... <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to say that. Well, we haven't really been gone that long. We did have a repeat last week with Melissa of Happiness is Blind, uh, the blog. We had her on actually a couple of years ago. So that repeated last week. And then the week before that, we did have a, a new episode, though it wasn't live. We had a new episode... Uh, discussion with live Stratford Festival audio describer Ruth Barrett. So that was another really interesting one, if, uh, if you caught that. If not, of course, always in the archives. Find us on all podcast services, Outlook on Radio Western. Yeah, and we're going to talk about audio description coming up on this episode later on. So that's, um, that was a recent one with that, that is our, as a topic. Uh, but before that week, there was another rerun. So I'm just, I pointed it out because if somebody is a, a frequent listener, they might've noticed a, a few more reruns closer together than we, when we normally like to do. Yeah. Wait, did I say my name? You said, you, you said I'm Carrie. And then I kind of jumped yeah, in. I don't, think, the, I don't think he did. Well, it says it in the theme. So people probably heard, but yeah, my, oh. my name is Brian and you might be able to tell by my voice. I'm still... Not 100%. I think I'm gradually getting better here, but Kara, as we, uh, we'll tell our listeners here, we have both have had COVID over the past month, and so it's been a bit of a, it's kind of why we haven't really been live as much as we wanted, but we still had three new episodes in October, which was great, but uh, yeah, it's been, been quite the time the past few weeks. Well, yeah, we were debating whether to even do an episode this week, today, because I bounce back a lot faster, even though occasionally you can still hear it in my voice, but uh, who knows? But for you, it's it sort of came back with a vengeance a little more after my eased. And uh, so I just, we didn't want to push you and your energy levels, even though we're doing these, another home edition. We're not in studio. We're not out in public with you at the moment. Uh, but, you know, you have two shows you do on Radio Western here every week. So it's <laughs> it's a lot for you to try and tackle when you're still getting over COVID. Yeah, well, I, w I will just tell the listeners, I was feeling a lot better. I'd isolated pretty much for 10 days there and was pretty much over symptoms. Like, I thought, thought I was back to feeling pretty good, and I ended up going to Philadelphia with a friend, a uh, little road trip there to catch our f a favorite band of ours who had been kind of broke up, well, or at least on hiatus, I guess, for over 20 years. And the last couple of years, they've been playing a few shows here and there, and we were excited to catch them. Uh, you know, they didn't have any Canadian dates, so we thought, oh, what the heck, we'll drive down and so you know in retrospect maybe it wasn't the best idea but at the same point these last few years haven't been easy and it did it really was uh it's what i needed i think at the time but anyway since i've been back i uh developed some some coughing and sneezing and all that fun stuff so uh, it well, is yeah, what we, it is at this point but we we're gonna say that there are a lot of things going around right now and so we thought maybe you picked up something else on the trip or who knows, but then you did test again and 
it, these, it's hard to do tests on our own because the home tests that people do with the, the liquid and all that stuff, they aren't accessible for blind people. So you have to get assistance with them. So that means you have to, you know, be exposed to someone else to do that. And so you didn't test right before you went, but like you said, you gave it the 10 days that they recommend for transplant and patients, which we are. Gone, gone away. So I thought I was good. And, mm-hmm. but uh, and it, I think we're all kind of at that time where, you know, it has been over two years and now a lot of the, the mandates and restrictions are more if you don't have symptoms for a certain amount of days, like you're, you're fine to get out. And, you know, we can't stay inside forever. And I think it's the whole thing, Care, that this, this was our first time each getting COVID, but eventually we were going to get it. And I think we're both just glad that we didn't get it in 2020 when everything was still so new and treatments weren't uh, quite the same as they are now. And this information just wasn't out there like it is now, but. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I held off this long and, you know, you do, you let your guard down eventually and, and the mandates are all off and you don't, you know, you don't wear masks isn't anymore. Some people not at all. Some people just here and there when, when the idea hits them that they should, or when they have one on them or depending on where they're going. And so, yeah, we, we, we let our guards down, but like you say, after two years or more than two years, people just, you know, I get it. Like I was one of those people at first was like, you know, we have to take this seriously, but after this long, I, I get it. I, I really do. I just, uh, being back in the medical system, which we'll talk about in a minute, a little bit and seeing how these people who work there put themselves around COVID all the time to look after us. And with Canada's healthcare system, taking all the hits it's taken over the last several years, it's really hard to, to think about it and watch, but yet when you don't deal with that every day, you want to just live your life. Then after this long, we, we are all tired of COVID for sure. Well, I mean, it's been in the news and stuff, but pretty much almost four weeks ago now is when I, when I started noticing symptoms and it got pretty bad there. And I actually had to go to the eMERGE and I waited for eight and a half hours to be seen. And that just really firsthand showed me how delayed and how short staffed and, and just the way the medical system is. And it's unfortunate and it's it's uh it's it's tough to see so well yeah like we say we're not just dealing with blindness ourselves as a disability we deal with chronic illness and and medical stuff and uh you know i want to think about this stuff and yet if you're not in it you don't think about it and the longer you're away from it all and yeah you know it's not recommended you go to ER unless you really, really, really seriously are ill. And and yet people, there's a, you know, a shortage of children's Tylenol and other things right now. So parents are, are worried and with the things that are going around and their kids getting sick, uh, people go to ER when they need it and they think they need it. And nobody wants to hang out there, but it's sometimes hard to decide when you should go. Well, it is. It's like right, right when we got in there, the first thing they say is, oh, you know, you're you have COVID, go home, like just go home. And, but in our case, we both yeah. have kidney, kidney failure. So we're on medication for that. And I couldn't keep my medication down. So I just had to say right away, like, no, I need to be here because I can't keep medication down. Like, that's not something I can just go home and be like, oh, whatever. It's a serious mm-hmm. thing. So, and again, of course, they don't understand that until you tell them, but it's, that's just. But you feel yeah. bad. You're like, wait, maybe I shouldn't be here. It's like you get a scolding, but you get it because so many people show up and maybe they didn't need to be there. But yeah, of course. Yeah, there's who, always who the, are we to say that. Yeah. Well, there's the odd person that does go into the eMERGE when they don't necessarily need to be. But I don't know. It's it's tough <laughs> stuff. But uh, anyway, we hopefully we'll be back in the studio maybe uh, next Monday. You know, I don't want to speak too soon, but 
We'll see. Because mm-hmm. um, our last time in studio care was actually October 3rd. So over a month ago now since we've been in studio for Outlook. Well, we did a lot of pre-record episodes from home, obviously, when COVID was raging. Uh, but we only we also do offer that to our guests on a case-by-case basis if they, you know, they are working on Monday mornings at 11 and they can't join us live. But like you say all the time, it's best to be in studio uh, when you can. And so we occasionally do pre-records for for people when they need them anyway. So we had, like you said, we had that one with Ruth Barrett already waiting in the wings. So it helped. We had Sean Marcelet from Blind Beginnings. That was also another pre-record that aired in, in October. Yeah, that was right before the fashion show that her organization had for a bunch of blind and visually impaired youth, young people. So that was nice to see. Sounds like they got some good some good coverage and had a good night for that. And, and then the other, the other sh- repeat that we had, I just want to quick mention, was the one with Leona Godin where we talked about her book, Their Plant Eyes. And that was just a really great one. So it was nice to have that one repeated again. So maybe you caught that one a few weeks ago as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, October was Blindness Awareness Month, as I talked about all through that month. And so had some plans to end off the month, but nothing, nothing <laughs> earth shattering. Uh, it would have been fun to do an episode of Outlook on Halloween on the actual day. But speaking of Halloween, you got to do, as I mentioned before, your other radio show you do for R- Radio Western, your music show that you always do a Halloween show every year. And that is one of my favorites as well as one of yours doing them. And normally it's just the first, you know, the Halloween, the Friday before Halloween, whenever that day falls. But this time, since your COVID, we po- you got to push it off a little bit and you got to actually last minute kind of do it actually on Halloween, you know, that night. Yeah. 10 well, to midnight. Normally my, my music show is on Fridays at noon, but yeah, it didn't go in that Friday, the 28th. And then, uh, Turned out uh, the great manager at the station, Tim, you know, said there's an open slot uh, Monday night, the night of Halloween from 10 to midnight. So he said I could have that. So of, of course, I did a pre-record from home. I didn't go into the studio, but I was still able to do a Halloween show. It was it was a little bit tiring to record. I got to be honest. I did it on the Monday. <laughs> and But once I did it and I was sitting down actually listening to it Halloween night, it, it really did cheer me up and it's what I needed. So I'm really glad I was able to to do that. And um, yeah, to... Uh, as I told you, your voice sounding a little deeper when, when you have cold symptoms, it actually it actually added to the atmosphere of a Halloween theme on the Halloween night there. It was a great way to end the, the, the day for me, too, after giving out candy. We had about, I don't remember the exact number anymore. It was 30-something kids, I believe, here. And, uh, you know, not the best. Uh, you know, I think at one time we had maybe 60, but... Uh, but Halloween's obviously passed, so I won't talk yeah, too much about it. Yeah, we won't go on that too much. I had, I had zero people show up. I live in an apartment, so I... Occasionally <laughs> kids in the... I guess they could, yeah, come around. But Sometimes kids in apartments will go around just in the, in their building to different doors. I don't but know if that ever maybe don't have that. Here, but, uh, I thought I would just also <laughs> quick mention, uh, since we were talking there about my Halloween-themed music show, just uh, something I woke up to today. We're recording this uh, a day prior on, on Sunday, November the 6th. But um, one of my favorite bands, actually, I didn't really get into them till the past 10 years, but they've definitely become a, a top band for me. This band from Minnesota called Low. I actually woke up this morning and read the news that their drummer and vocalist Mimi Parker died at the age of 55. And it just it kind of hit me, you know, this past month hasn't been the easiest with, with COVID and, and all this stuff. And uh, 
I knew that uh, that Mimi Parker had had cancer. Um, she had been living with ovarian cancer, I guess, since 2020. Though I only heard about it this year when they had to cancel the rest of their tour dates, and just really sad. Such a such a great musician, such a beautiful voice, and writes such amazing music. And uh, it was just really sad. They actually played in Toronto earlier this year, and I meant to go. I wanted to go, but I couldn't make it down. And yeah, so just just something else. So rest in peace, Mimi Parker. And obviously, I'll do more of a tribute on my music show on Friday. But I just thought I'd quick mention that on uh, this edition of Outlook. Well, you know how you have been saying this la- this last month. <laughs> cough in there. There's your there's your cough. This last month that just being sick with COVID and not feeling your best and anything you can do to cheer yourself up, whether it's doing your Halloween show on Halloween or you know go to Philadelphia after two years of not going anywhere, whatever it is. Can you imagine what it's like to get a diagnosis like that and be living with cancer during the whole pandemic? You're already the whole world's screaming out uh you know painfully about what it's like to live through this pandemic and then you got the cancer on top of it you know must have been hard for her yeah i mean that's an area we don't like i've I've, obviously we've never experienced cancer ourselves but so many people do and it's such a common disease out there and it's just it's they're working on cures right but it's such a slow process and well, there's so many different kinds of cancers in so many different parts of the body. And so there's so many factors that go to, go into it. And I know I know the campaigns to raise money for cancer. And every every June, they have the walk for it. And uh, Sorry, I tried to turn away from the mic there, but it just shows reality, right? Yeah. I'm sure listeners yeah. love to hear coughing. I don't have a cough button right in front of me here. I'm not in the studio where I have a quick mute button here at home. But uh, yeah. Well, you were just saying before we went on that you were like, maybe I think I can get through the whole hour without, you know, showing like coughing a lot or needing a cough break. I did it with my music show. But as I've made sure, you know, we remember is that you talk a lot less on your music show. Depends on some of your talk breaks. You know, you are talking about your bands and things, but then there's a lot of music you play in between. So this is a talk show and that's what we do here. And I try to pick up the slack here this hour if I can. But I don't know, maybe listeners, you can hear it in my voice as well. Still, I'm not sure. You know, I depending can't on really, what, I don't who I've know, asked. Yeah. You sound pretty Maybe good. Maybe I'd just hear it, hear it in my own head. But, uh, you know, as someone who lives with chronic pain, this whole time I kept thinking, if I get COVID, I bet I'll end up with long COVID. I don't want it. I'm going to put it off as long as I can, if if off entirely, you know, unrealistic as that was. Uh, and... Maybe I don't want to speak too soon. I have friends who have had some effects later, you know, weeks, months later. So I don't want to talk too soon. But as I said, I really did bounce back faster than I imagined I might. And with this variant that we probably got, who knows, but this far into the whole thing, it's, it is, uh, I didn't want to admit I had it because it's some, you know, the longer you don't have something, you kind of like, it's like a point of pride with you and you don't want to admit you have it eventually. I guess, but it's. It's not really pride because it's just, I don't know. And it, everyone's going to get it, I think, eventually. And sure, in a way, it does feel good when you don't, of course, but I don't know. Yeah, it was, I don't know. I was going to, I was just, it's like with my kidney transplant. I'm at 25 years and, you well, know, I won't. Awesome, yeah. but, well, I just mean, but even like, that, I like you say, I guess that is like, obviously, there's lifestyle choices and other things that affect that, but it's also, a lot of it is luck, but it's also because it's a good match and. Well, yeah, there's lots of factors, but when I do eventually need another kidney or I have to go back on dialysis, 
it, you know, it won't do me any good to beat myself up, whether you say some, you know, these lifestyle factors can affect it, but these things just happen eventually. And, and yeah. yeah, it's not really, it's nothing we do and it's, it's just life. Yeah. Sometimes no matter what you do, things are going to happen eventually. And you also have to live life and you are going to do certain things in life. And it is just, mm-hmm. you can't prevent everything. So all you can do is try your best. And... That's true. But what else do we got here today, Carrie? Thanks so much for kind of leading the show. <laughs> I'll try, but this is a dual partnership thing. Oh, a, and we so... haven't mentioned, is this a, do we mention this is a mixed bag, as we call it? When it's just the two of yeah, us? Yeah, I did. Oh, I did. said it's home, home edition mixed bag, yeah. I guess I'm still a little out of it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't want to talk too soon. I don't want you to get long COVID symptoms either. But right now, you're still just sounding like the bad cold symptoms, which are a little more acute. And, uh, you know, you think maybe by now they, they would start easing off. And as you say, each day you think they are, but it's hard to tell. Well, it's like, uh, yeah, it do- goes up and down. There's moments in the day when you feel pretty good. And then there's other moments where it yeah. catches up to you a bit. So, Yeah, well, what else is going on? I mean, there's a lot that's happened in the last month since we were in studio, since our mixed bag, our last mixed bag, when we, we were just talking, you know, the two of us back in September. Uh, I just did want to mention what's going on immediately right now here in Ontario is this whole strike thing. And I know it's not specifically disability related, but it is. Yeah, because um, it involves the ed- a lot of educational assistance, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think, it, I think is it called coupe? Sounds right. Education, education workers and their supporters are, have been rallying the last few days. And, but yeah, it's, it's EAs. And uh, custodians, so it's people who, it's not the teachers themselves, it's the, it's the assistants who help with, you know, children who need extra help for certain things, and, and of course the custodians who clean the schools, and so these are people who are just there to deal with kids who need a bit of additional help, and a lot of them do have disabilities, and According to some of them, it's gotten worse in the last several years, behavioral things. And who knows what that is? Is it environmental? Is it, you know, what is that? Is that really true? Is it just, does it seem like that? Um, But, you know, these are kids that deserve to be in the class like anyone else and to have inclusive educational systems like the ones we got to grow up in. These kids deserve to be there. And though they do need some additional help sometimes, and those are the people that are, are with the kids day in and day out. And so I get both sides, right? Yeah, you know, we have a... nieces and nephews in school and they've been out of school with COVID all this time. They need to be there to continue their learning and to get the attention they need and to be in these environments with their friends. And But, but I have to understand, it's like with the pandemic, right? Like I understand wanting to live our lives and people's frustration day to day and job issues. But yet I also know enough about the work that healthcare workers do and what they've been seeing since it all began. And so I can't just take one side over the other. Yeah. And like you talk about the educational assistance, like we grew up with, with that because of our blindness, especially, you know, throughout, throughout, throughout school. And especially in the early grades, we had, you know, someone with us in the classroom almost all the time. And just without that, like, I don't know where I would be today. It definitely made such a difference in my life to have that. And um, our actual educational assistant from from grade from elementary school has been posting a lot about this, and I and I you know she's retired now, but I f- I do feel for that, and I see that side of it, and 
especially like I think it is the fact that these past 10 years inflation has gone up so much and and wages just aren't reflecting that. And, you know, we can tie that in a little bit, too, to the Ontario Disability Support Program, which actually did go up recently here in Ontario by by a small percentage. And it does help to go up even a little bit. But still considering inflation the last 10 years, it's still not enough, in, in my opinion. And that's another whole discussion, but it just goes to show that this world that doesn't keep up sometimes with, and I don't, I don't understand, I'm not a business major, I don't understand money enough, and I'm sure you can relate, Care, but. Well, yeah, I mean, it is, it does reflect wider societal issues, for sure. And it does reflect a lot of people feel about Ontario's provincial government, but yet enough people voted them back in back in June. Yeah, and a somebody lot of it- thought it. Somebody thought it was a good idea to to let them have four more years, and so they're kind of riding a wave of cockiness right now, where they they just got re revoted back in, and the, and then and they feel a lot of power in that, I believe. Yeah, and then a lot of it too is the lower voting turnout, which you know I don't agree with that. I think we all should be voting, especially when it is you know in these times. But at the same point, I also can sort of understand why some people are just fed up and don't vote at all because. The system can be exhausting, and you do, you do get to that point sometimes. But it is important because, yeah, I, I don't know. It's anyway, that's such such serious stuff. But it's the reality that we're living in, so we we do have to talk about it. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what kind of happy subjects we could have. Maybe COVID sort of darkened our view a little bit in the last month here. But we try to do a balance on this show where we can of the lighthearted and the fun. Well, what fun if I, topics versus. What if, what if I mention a couple um, guests that uh, were on um, some some media recently? That was nice to see some former guests of the show. Well, one in particular, this was great to see because it's positive, I think. So Heather Hutchison from British Columbia. She's a singer songwriter. Also wrote the book. Um, totally blanking on the name right now. <laughs> Going to show my uh, my state lately. Holding On by Letting Go, the book by Heather Hutchison. Anyway, we've had her on this show a couple of times earlier this year and then uh, last year as well. And she was on the CBC a couple of times recently, which was nice to see, just getting some, some coverage. Of course, she's, she's blind, also deals with mental health, and as I said, also records music. So she was on CBC. Um, the one, one segment was called, What Is It Like to Be Blind? And that was aired on the show Radioactive on CBC. And then she was also on the show All Points West with Robin Burns. And the segment, musician and author in Nanaimo takes to social media to share her experiences being blind. That's the one I caught because she's all over TikTok. <laughs> yeah, she's big on TikTok with videos and promotes a lot of products through, through Ira and all mm-hmm. sorts of things, so... Um, it's just nice to see that some coverage of of her in the media and any you know any person with a disability in the media is just great to see because we need more of that. And sometimes these segments or sometimes these things still focus a little bit on you know inspiration and all that. But it's just good to see th- this coverage happening. And I think I think both of these segments are still online. If you want to look them up, maybe we'll share a couple of links in the podcast notes. But that was nice to see. And uh, the one other one I'll mention quick here. Former guest of the show, we had her on actually back in 2020 when we were recording from home. 
uh, Caroline Karbowski from, uh, from Ohio. And uh, this year, at, way back in the summer now, at the National Federation of the Blind Convention in the U.S., Caroline Karbowski received a Dr. Jacob Balotin Award. Uh, and this uh, it was a cash prize. This award honors individuals and organizations that are a positive force in the lives of blind people. And Kara, I don't know, I don't know how much we've talked about Dr. Jacob Balotin. I don't really know too much about him. I know there's a book about him. I should probably read someday. But uh, just give our listeners a little bit of a summary that uh, he was alive from 1888 to 1924 and was the world's first physician who was blind from birth. And he achieved that goal despite the tremendous challenges faced by blind people in his time. Not only did he realize his own dream, but he also went on to support and inspire many others. So congratulations to Caroline for receiving that award. Very well deserved. She has the organization C3D. That's S-E-E, the number three, the letter D, dot org. And that's an episode we actually repeated, I think back in September, maybe. An episode of Outlook when we had her on. and. Uh, We'd love to have her on again. Her company develops 3D models of things, of any, anything really, so that blind individuals can, can feel things and get more detail. And it, you know, it's helped a lot with science and all sorts of areas where you get a better idea in your mind of what something's like and looks like and when you can have a 3D image and uh, such a neat company and such a young entrepreneur doing so much. So I just want to give a congrats to her and of course to Heather Hutchison for her appearances on CBC. I think that's positive stuff, mm-hmm. right? It is. It's it's hard to know, you know, like we say all this time with inspire inspiration porn as it's called, these happy stories that make the world just not want to face the reality of what people with disabilities do live with every day. And we don't want to either. That's why we need breaks from that, right? We need happy things and fun and joy and because we're living it day to day and there's so much you know, discrimination and in things that are not inclusive at all. And eventually we get tired. There's a post I just saw on Facebook. I saw you liked it as well, Bri, from someone on our Facebook. I think and, I, ca- oh. I said a care reaction because it's not, it's not so much like because it's a, it was a sad thing. It's not. Yeah. But uh, anyway. No, no. Well, no. I won't mention who it is because we don't have permission to talk uh, to, to say right, that. We don't but, think of the name or anything, but it just, no. yeah. You can say how it sort of summarizes again how in... in Society, there is still a lot of people when you tell them that you're blind or when they ask about it, they're just like, oh, I'm so sorry. And that's so sad. And it's just, it's, I don't know, care. It's so tough to hear that because that's our, that's our day. That's who we are. And it's sure. It's not easy every second of every day, but nobody's life is. Exactly. That lady who talked to our, uh, to this friend on Facebook, that lady's life is not beautiful and happy go lucky every minute either but since there's no disability tied to it it's 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 this person approached you know our friend in a hospital and just when our friend was probably there for another reason maybe had a lot on their mind (laughs) someone maybe was ill a loved one and they didn't need to be peppered with questions at the most inappropriate time with the most just reaction like you said that our lives are not we're not inspirational we're not there to be your inspiration to pluck you up but we're also not there as some sort of tale of how bad it can get either you know (laughs) and so yeah it's it's really hard to talk about this stuff and that's why we do outlook and we try to have a positive negative 
healthy balance of things, but it can be hard as in anything to find a balance in, in such stuff. So, Well, Kara, I think we're actually coming up here on 28 minutes. So maybe, what do you think? Should we take a break there? I think that might be a good spot to... I say so. Take a quick break and we'll be right back after these ads with more Outlook on Radio Western. Outlook. On Radio Western. Welcome back to Outlook. Today on Radio Western or after the fact of the podcast, we are back with another mixed bag from home episode after contracting COVID, both of us. And Brian still sounds like he's got it because he still technically does. Well, I haven't tested in uh, a week now, so maybe I'm negative now, but I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm still positive. Another thing that we did hear from the the kidney clinic is that it's not uncommon for for kidney patients and transplant recipients to test positive for at least a month, if not longer, because of our immune systems. So, eh, is what it is. But last week I tested right when we realized you were pretty sick again and I was negative. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, and yeah, we weren't in the studio last week. As as I say, it was reading week for Radio Western students. So they're back at it this week and hopefully tuning in to Radio Western <laughs> this week while they're back at school. And uh, yeah, the first half we talked a lot about COVID and this half, I wanted to talk about audio description. What do you think? Well, I know it's an important topic, and it's something you particularly love talking about. <laughs> I, I do, too. I just, I'm not as big into it. I'm, always, I'm sitting around listening to music now that uh, Mimi Parker of Low died. I started with their first album a bit ago, and I'm listening uh, through a bunch of their albums today. So music's my thing, but uh, audio description yeah. also very important. Well, yeah, like before the break, you were telling us about another death and I, you won't care this wasn't one of your bands you listened to but I, Aaron Carter died he was 34 so he yeah, was like a backstreet he was a backstreet boy's brother Nick right. Carter's brother I read that yeah. Uh, and uh yeah so you know these things are happening it's, it's gonna be someone somewhere so yeah so you're listening to the whole catalog of, of of that band are you well most of it there were some albums I actually never got to when I was a Listening, because I only, like I said, got in the past 10 years or so, so I might listen to the albums I was most familiar with first, but. Well, as we said before the break as well, our guest two weeks ago now, was it? Yeah. Was Ruth Barrett, was Ruth Barrett, who does audio description for Stratford Festival, and she works uh, descriptive video works. This is a company who does audio description out in BC. So if you've listened to the show enough, you know about audio description. If you don't and you're cited, you might not be much aware of what it is. Nowadays, Netflix has a lot of programs with it. Most things now, Disney, I, I listened to, I watched The Princess Bride, movie The Princess Bride the other night on Disney+. Plus. It now has audio description there. And I believe that's one of the ones that I would have, we would have had delivered from WGBH Boston, those those uh, VHS tapes we used to get back in the 90s from a catalog that had audio description, like Scent of a Woman, and I don't know, what other movies did you used to watch with it? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't recall ever hearing Princess Bride with, with the audio description back then, but... Yeah, I don't know why I feel like that I have seen it somewhere with, with audio description, but I don't think I have, because 
I've seen that movie so many times. You know, it was part of our family's <laughs> movie catalog growing up. My sister's favorite movie, that song at the end, uh, was uh, she wanted sung at her wedding. So she loves that movie. And it is a classic. Uh, so I've seen it so many times with different people with me watching it. And I'm sure different people have described different parts of it. But this was the first time I think I did get to hear it with audio descriptions. So I got to hear a lot of descriptions of things I wasn't probably aware of in the past. Even when I had more sight back in the 90s when I used to watch that movie. And I used to see the screen quite well. When there are action scenes, sword fights, for example, those are things that are hard to catch when you have low vision because there's so much fast movement on the screen. So just to get to watch that the other night with audio description, which is an audio track over top of the movie, if it's blend, if it's blended well enough, it it's not supposed to detract from the movie. It's supposed to fit in with the movie. As a narrator of of these scenes of things that you won't know unless you can see. And dialogue is great because then you can follow along mostly, but when there's, like I said, action scenes, it's it's important. And as someone like you yourself who doesn't watch a lot of TV and movies, it, it's not as much of a prominent issue in your life, but I do like to talk about it whenever I can on this show. And thankfully you, <laughs> you tolerate that because you do understand the need for it. Well, yeah. And it's like, you know, even I'll talk about topics on this show that aren't my main interest because we're trying to cover interests for anyone. And even I think exactly. both of us will cover things that don't apply to either of us as much when we get into sports or areas that we're not as familiar with because, you know, it's important to, and, and again, I like to emphasize that it's not that I don't watch any TV or movies. I do enjoy some, but just not, not to the extent that, that you do, so. Yeah, not on a regular basis. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm giving that as an example, Princess Bride, because that was what I watched the other night, and that was great. I watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles recently with it. I think I watched once on my own when you're talking about the, the ones that were made in Boston. I think I watched is it Speed, it's called. <laughs> I have a vague memory myself. Like, I don't even know if that's... It's not really a children's movie, I don't think. But I think I sat in the basement by myself. I don't think you were with me back when I was like 11 or 12 years old. And I think I watched that on VHS and Descriptive. I don't know. Plenty of 11 and 12 year olds watch that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I I don't, yeah. I don't know what what would have maybe urged you on to watch that alone. Occasionally, we just had stuff stuff from that we'd gotten from them. And I think the one day I was just bored and I put it on. And right. This came to mind. It's one I do remember. Yeah, no, it's it's one that I I wouldn't be opposed to ever watching in the future. Just I don't, I don't know. It never jumped to the top of my list of things to watch. And, and so, yeah, that's one that people have seen. It's a pretty big one in, yeah. in our culture, and I, I haven't yeah. seen it. But it's funny to think of you watching it alone. I, know, <laughs> I don't know right? why. It's funny for me to think about it now as like an 11-year-old back then, 25 <laughs> years ago or whatever. Oh. But anyway, as recently, uh, as the last couple of years, I wanted to talk today about how I've been getting into not just being a user of audio description, but also one as someone who helps create it. And for a long time, it was cited people doing it, creating it for blind people. And that's great. There are some parts of it that to be able to see helps. But there are a lot of jobs involved that nowadays are being done a lot more by blind people, which is great to see. Because first of all, it's giving work to blind people. And as we say a lot on this show, the unemployment rate for blind people is way too high. 
so working together, sighted and blind people to create the best audio description ser uh, service possible for people who use it, I think is great to see. And everybody working together is wonderful. So I've taken some courses in the last few years and it's just important to work together to have blind people's input and not just, as we said with our guest a couple of weeks ago, it's great when you are a describer at a live event, like a play after the play to talk to people who might be in the audience who were using it and to get a bit of feedback and that's volunteer and that's great, but we can't keep just giving our feedback for free because it's a lived experience and it's, it's knowledge and we deserve some of us to be paid. If we take some time to study and, and learn how to get into the field. So I want to give my thoughts on things as a live, as my experience. And as a writer, I think audio description is an art. I really do. You got to, you got to use your time wisely. There's not a lot of time in between dialogue most times. And so you need to say what you need to say, the things that are important to get across to the blind viewers uh, with the least amount of words you can, but the most impactful ones, the ones that describe things most accurately. So there are writers who write the dialogue, and then there are the voice actors who speak it and are recorded, and that's who you hear when you watch something with audio description. And then there, you know, there are quality control people who give their thoughts as blind people about what's necessary because if just sighted people decide what we need to know, it's not going to be very accurate. And there are the people who record it and do, like we say, all the levels to make sure it fits well with the, you know, certain movies that get loud in a lot of spots when there's a lot of action. And, and that's something I could get into with my audio engineering would be the recording or the mixing of it where you make sure that you, you know, mix it into the movie in the quiet spots or you, obviously, you know, there is some audio description where the movie jolts down really noticeably when the description comes up and then comes back up and it can actually be annoying if it's not done smoothly enough. I've heard some mm -hmm. like that care. So there is definitely a, a big engineering part to it as well. Exactly. Of course, there's no reason the blind person couldn't do a lot of that, but. Well, I've always joked that if, if we didn't have, you know, if our siblings weren't already doing other jobs, I just think the four of us, two sighted siblings who we've had before on this show and us, we could have, we could start our own audio description company because I think we could cover all the bases needed to work together to actually produce it. Uh, and more and more companies are pro popping up, but there are still the big ones out there in the business. And it is often hard to compete with those big ones that have sort of taken the share of the market. As somebody who's trying to get into audio description, it's sometimes hard to figure out how to get your foot in the door. As I said, I've been taking a few courses over the last few years with the audio description project, which is a huge one in the US. And then there's descriptive video works in BC. That's one of the big ones here in Canada. But I watch it all the time. I watch it when I watch TV Ontario programming. And I watch it on the streaming services and on CBC and on Global and all the places I, I watch things. And before we play my clip of a project I recently worked on, and it's just a brief clip because it's a political ad, so it's not a long, we're well, not going to play a movie or about, anything. Sorry, at first when you told me about this clip that we're going to play here in a minute, I thought at first you meant maybe your voice was on it. I was like, what? But I don't know why I oh. thought that, but I guess you helped with the, this consulted after it was written, or did you actually write some of this that's coming up? No, I worked with the woman who did the writing and I consulted. So yeah, I just, I, I'm the consultant. 
the quality control consultant, uh, consultant of lived experience is what I, which I often say Right. to just give my thoughts on, uh, she showed me a draft that they had done and got my thoughts on what still needed to be described or what wasn't described well enough or what was, you know, redundant, whatever it might be. Um, no, there's a dog behind you, and you I lost track of what I... I don't know if you'll hear that on the recording, because I like to gate out my uh, mic a bit, so I don't know if you'll actually pick that up, but I'm surprised you heard uh, that. That well, was a pretty far away. Was it? Yeah. That's what's funny about mics. I'm pointing it out just to show again the reality of doing these work-from-home from episodes. Home. Yeah. Uh, but what, yeah, what I was going to say is, before we play this little clip, uh, I was just going to say that these days we're getting more and more to TTS, which is called text-to-speech. And this is frustrating. And I don't know who's listening to this episode and where else I can go to shout this from the rooftops. But a lot of blind people who are users of audio description are shouting about this is nowadays for these companies to save money, they're not hiring real voices to narrate the audio description. They're using this text to speech. And there are times when it's fine. There are times when it's maybe a little video on, on the Internet an educational video where that voice is fine. But as we say all the time, we get tired of the voices we the voice we use on our phones, which is called a screen reader. It's it has its place, but if you hear that too much, you get sick of it. And when people are watching a movie, for example, they want to be in that story. And when it's not a real person's voice, you can tell. And it's irritating and it's it's robotic. So well, it's we're like really trying you- to you said earlier there's an art to it because and that goes to show it's like the same with music like they've played demonstrations of songs now that like oh this was totally written by a robot or something but it still (laughs) loses that human quality and things it shows you need to have that the nuanced quality of an actual human being that that does this stuff because then it is more organic and real and has real expression and and uh it's just it's much more organic that way and Mm mm-hmm so I wanted to use this video I worked on, which is, a, you know, I don't know, 30 second political yeah, pretty, ad, pretty not, not maybe less than 30 seconds, not to talk about the politics about it necessarily. This is politics in a country that's not even mine, but just to show you an example of audio description. And I will maybe give a bit of a critique. And that's just to show, I think critiques are important. And I, I, I enjoyed my experience working with these people. And I think this ad was done well and it's important, but I do want to show you by showing you an example instead of just telling you what things are like uh, of some thoughts about how to make audio description the best it can be. So do you want to play that clip before all of a sudden our shows come to an end? (laughs) We've talked the whole time. Bold text is on screen in vivid blues and oranges. Brightly labeled jars and pots in red and yellow are powerfully smashed throughout. On June 24, 2022, Roe v. Wade was overturned. The right to an abortion was eliminated. If you're feeling row rage, back alley abortion, misogyny, not her choice. There's something you can do about it. Vote for choice. Vote now. Vote Vote for choice. Vote now. Vote for choice. Vote now. Find your pro-choice candidates now. VoteNowOregon.org. So there you go. There you have it. That was a political ad, as you might have heard, from Oregon in the U.S. And with their midterms coming up on Tuesday... I was proud to be involved in that project, though it doesn't directly affect me. It's about an issue that, as a woman, it does affect me as a person who, you know, cares about that stuff. So I don't know if it's worth telling the listeners at all, but how did you sort of come across that opportunity? 
to be able to just the, the fact that it is based in the states and it's from <laughs> yeah. Oregon. It's just I'm just kind of curious. So a couple months back on Outlook here, we had a guest, Amy Amanti, and she works with a company out in BC called Vocali, and they describe and they do they describe plays and and other films and other documentaries and other entertainment. And we had her on the show uh, every month at the end of the last Friday of the month. She has a, a, a thing called Describers Cafe, where if you are interested in audio description at all, whether you work in that field or you're a user of it and want to just talk about it. Uh, she has different guests each month where we talk about the making of it. So her Wednesday night events are actual plays with audio describers and different artists who come on the, the Zoom and t talk about these projects. But these describer cafes are where we actually talk about the creation of it. And I just joined one a couple of months ago and another woman, and this was just after a few uh, weeks hi hiatus. It was just a come. They didn't have a guest. We just all came back and just sort of reintroduced ourselves to each other. So we were all just talking about our love of audio description, a bunch of us on this call. And this lady showed up who, who does this work, who's a sighted describer, who writes description and narrates it. And she, I guess, heard me speak when I unmuted myself and, and shared something. And so she reached out and asked if I wanted to work on this project she was doing. Very good. Well, that's a great, great opportunity. And Maybe I shouldn't have asked that right away. Hopefully people still remember the clip where if we're going to kind of critique it. And although we, <laughs> we could maybe share that in the, in the notes too. I think there's a, there's a link online to access it. Yeah. Like I say, this will be people Tuesday's midterms. Once the midterms happen, yeah, I guess either, down, but. either the Republicans or the, well, no, the D Republicans or Democrats will get more power depending on what happens on Tuesday. Uh, but this has been a Supreme Court decision and it's it's going to have it's going to affect people for a long time. But yeah, no, I mean, we'll put it in the notes for sure so you can watch it again. What I, what I noticed about it just quick off offhand was that it was just mm -hmm. that quick intro at the very beginning where they did the audio description and then the ad pretty much played with no audio description and I get, I get it there wasn't really much spot in it for description. And then at the end, maybe that was more description where it said the, the website. VoteNowOregon.org. Yes, this is the stuff you have to discuss when you're, when you're creating audio description. Depending on whether it's a movie or a political ad, whether it's two hours or 20 seconds, you have to figure out how it's going to work to fit it around the actual dialogue and the actual images on, on, on the ad or in the program. So for this one... There are a bunch of these ads on this website you can check out. There's a bunch of versions, and it's basically a bunch of smashing of jars by a different, by a diverse group of people who are affected by this Roe versus Wade being reversed. By the way, I love Roe Rage. It's kind of like Road Rage, a play on Road Rage. As a writer, I thought that was pretty, pretty brilliant. But uh, so I watched these ads before without, and I was someone who can't see I just heard a bunch of smashes and I didn't know what that meant right so then when I worked with this woman I found out what that was and with an ad like this it's so fast that you have to start it up with the description where there's silence where there's a place where there's talk in the actual ad you can't talk over them so you have to get in your description of the ad where you can so she gets it in at the beginning and she gets it in at the end right but I, I there's I, another there sorry 
Oh, it's a funnier or uh, balance when we're both talking, and it's it's always interesting on it, the show. It it is, and Brian's been sick, so I was like, maybe this time's a good one for you to sort of hang back a bit and rest. Sorry, your I voice, messed but... it up. Then I don't know. No, I'm just I'm just pointing. <laughs> I'm just pointing out that once we get going, it is hard. Well, um, what I was just going to quick say was that I noticed in the ad itself, and again, I don't know how much the more there would be to describe in the sense that I thought the actual dialogue within the ad itself. Did, did, you know, it was easy to follow for the most part anyway. But I noticed there were a couple little spaces in between those lines that if there was a quick thing, sometimes with description, it'll be pretty fast. It'll just be like, they walk forward or they, they move this or this shows up on screen. Like there was little gaps where I think you could have fit in a couple more words. Maybe that would have been too much. I don't know. But that was just a thought that I, that I had. It might have been. I don't know. And there are two audio described ads when there are seven non-audio described ads. So it's not very equal. But if, 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 go check out the link we're going to put in the notes here for the podcast when it's up to hear to see the other one. But yeah, these are the questions that you that we debate when we're when we're creating this stuff. Right. And there is there is a process you can do where you can actually like I've seen a lot of audio description, audio described trailers for movies now that's starting to become a thing. And those are often on YouTube. And for that, I've seen where they do a regular one and then they do an extended version one where they actually pause the the clip from whatever it is to add more audio description to have the time to say more things. But that breaks it up and that sort of stops you in your tracks and it's not natural, yeah, right? It sounds natural, yeah, if it's kind mm-hmm. of out. So that's one way of doing it. Again, these are questions that come up about it, and that's why it's important to critique this stuff, and we're never done learning, and it could always be done probably better or different, depending on who you speak to, who you ask. Um, at first, the ad the draft I saw, they didn't describe the color of the jars, what kind of jars they were, and that's a question, right? Not every blind person cares what color some jars are, but I wanted to know. And so that was my feedback. But yet you have to decide if there's time to say that or not. How important it is it to say what color the jars are, what kind of jars they are. And sometimes the color or the type of jar gives you a clue of what, why they're using jars in an ad, right? Or sometimes it doesn't. So these are all questions that come up. And also, it's, it's just hard with the sound quality is the mixing as we were talking about. When I heard it back, so, so, so we did our work together and then she sent it to me a week or so later, once they, they'd done some work on it, asked my feedback before they f- did the final version. And that was right when COVID was hitting me. So I didn't get back to her. So then when I finally got to hear the final version that was out, because they need to get out this pretty fast, right? The midterms were coming up quick and this, this, this vote now Oregon actually did the work to get these people on board to, to make audio described versions. And it was nice of them, but it, it probably took a lot of work to get it together. And so I didn't get back to her until the final version was out. And when I heard it back, I thought, wow, that mixing isn't the best. Uh, it's too, it's too loud. Her description on top and it, the way it's pasted in, it wasn't, it wasn't, I, what's the word for it? Mixed down, I guess the edges between the narration of the audio description and the actual ad could have been smoothed out a little more. That was my feedback. My main Well, feedback. sometimes I wonder too, if it's the, the, tone of voice or the way that they speak the description to where it's one thing if it's part of the ad and it's part of the acting of the ad compared to if it's just the audio description on top where you almost just want you don't want the voice to be totally monotone but you almost want it just to talk normal and not Mm -hmm. be like too over the top or something and sometimes it almost sounds like it's exaggerated a bit too much or something instead of just sort of blending in nicely so you can still hear it but it's not like 
a big main focus or something almost. Well, here's the question with live, with real human narration versus TTS, text-to-speech, when it's robotic versus when it's a real person speaking it. It's it's an acting skill, right? You have to know how to to narrate something with enough emotion, but not too much over the top, as you said. And so, in a political ad, she, I think you can maybe tell the voice gets sped up quite a bit because there, there's such limited time, and it can feel rushed. It can feel too loud. It can feel too fast. It's it's really hard to get that that balance. I think for sure, yeah. And as I said, there was a rush job on this. I think I'm not sure when they got the idea to together to to do to do this but um you know it's just how we learn and i work with different people now on these things and it's always great to collaborate but i always second guess my own feedback and think you know was that necessary to offer that feedback did that make it better did i make it worse you know it matters when you're affecting this stuff and uh, it's hard to know and again like you say it's it's not always going to be perfect and it's it's about learning and and uh growing from there and at least they did that they did this they actually had the description it would be worse if it was just a voice like a voiceover you know synthesized voice or if they didn't do it at all so at least they and again that's something we also talk about in the show it's not like oh at least they did something that's better than nothing that's we settle for that and we don't that's why they got your feedback and and worked on right it, we're but. not we're we're not saying that that we just settle for whatever right we, but these these things are continuously evolving and it's not going to be perfect any 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 of it no matter when you do it how you do it everybody's going to have different thoughts on it exactly so anyway good luck to the americans with their midterms this week and this stuff does affect the future and so it's on my mind a little bit i'll admit but uh this isn't a political show so that's as much as i'll get into it but row rage yeah so we got, uh, I know we're coming. Yeah, we got a few minutes end. left here. Um, yeah, I was just going to ask you how much time. So not long to. Yeah, I don't know about four minutes. I was just going to ask kind of what what you're up to for the rest of your day here. Obviously, we're recording this in the past, uh, just a day a day in the past. But I actually made some uh, just some lighter topics here that I made. I finally cooked last night. I haven't been doing a ton of cooking the last few weeks, being sick. Just sort of been heating things up and getting some delivery and stuff. But I cooked one of my favorite meals: spaghetti and meatballs last night, and chop up some vegetables for it and uh, the important thing is did you feel like eating it once you did the work to make it i did actually yeah it was uh it wasn't okay. too much work to make it it took me things always take me a bit longer it took me about an hour to really make it but then i let it simmer for an hour um and then i ate it but it, the thing is i had enough leftovers that i knew i'd have some for the next day which is also a nice feeling um so i have i'll be eating that today and uh once we get off mic here and uh, send this episode into the station and I'll be listening to some more low records in in memory of <laughs> Mimi Parker. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll be joining an event tonight that Carrie will be reading at, which uh, I'll be listening in. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll talk about that probably in greater detail in a future show. I don't know if you want to mention anything about that today, but. Well, yeah, like you, you say, when we, when, when we do these pre-records and it'll be in the past, it's funny to talk about because I don't quite know what I'm supposed, how I'm supposed to talk about it. No, I know. So you'll be ta- you'll be reading something about air. Let's just tell our listeners that the, I, up in the air. I, I caught one a few months ago where you talked about water, which was a really nice little story that you wrote that you read on this at this event. So I'm interested to hear uh, your your take on air and how you interpret that. 
Well, yes, these are elemental writing classes I've been taking with my friend of mine who I met, who she's a writing coach and a writer herself who I met in Mexico at a writing, writing workshop. She's been offering these elemental air, elemental writing classes. And this is the latest one air, but we did water and she did earth and she's hopefully going to do fire next year. So those, of course, the elements. And it's just a basic theme. You can write about air. You can write about topics that have to do with air, but you don't have to. But I did, of course. Uh, She just uses that as a framework to talk about the art of writing and the craft of writing and how writers do what we do. And she always, each, each, each class, she shares a little bit about, so each class she breaks up. It's a six week class on Zoom. And this one for air, she talked about wind. She talked about smoke. She talked about mist and fog. So she breaks it up into these topics and each episode, each week she'll give us some facts about the actual science of these things just to get us thinking about the concrete thing that, that it is. But then we also talk about how that affects our writing and things. And, and then we get to do writing with each other and reading it back and getting a bit of usually some pretty positive feedback it sort of stays pretty positive. But then at the end of each class, after six weeks, we do these readings where we try and invite people to come. So. I'm looking forward to it. I've got a nice piece and I won't tell you much more about it. We'll talk about it once I've read it and you know about it. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, everyone, this week. And we'll be back uh, next Monday with more Outlook on Radio Western. Send us an email. Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Outlook CFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.